Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. One whisper from the King of Kings is more powerful than any shout that you hear in this world or from the enemy. The Bible says that the enemy prowls around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I cannot tell you, though the enemy might be roaring in your face, a whisper from Jesus Christ saying, peace be still, silences every storm, everything that the enemy has ever spoken over you. No curse that the enemy has spoken over you is more powerful than the promises of God's word in you and over you and your family. And I think that's the reason to be encouraged tonight. Amen. You can be seated just for a few moments. I got a couple of announcements to go over before we uh, get into God's word tonight. Y'all are, are y'all uh, are you hungry for uh, for a word tonight? You hungry for a word tonight? I hope you came hungry. It's raining outside. It's messy outside, and you still you came to midweek, and that is awesome. Uh, you've you've weathered the weather to be here at midweek, and I'm excited to be in God's house. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, number one, uh, next Wednesday night, uh, everybody needs to uh, rally the troops next Wednesday night because we're going to have uh, a quick dream team rally in the house next Wednesday night for fall festival. We're going to make sure uh, you know what is uh, to be expected uh, when we come on campus for fall festival. How many of y'all are just excited that there is some fall in the air? I'm just excited that there's some fall in the air. I don't care if it's raining or not. I'm just, I'm just excited to feel the 60-degree air outside. So I'm excited about Fall Festival. I'm excited uh, about reaching our community. We're going to rally the troops next Wednesday night. If you don't know uh, uh, what Dream Team Rally is all about, if you're new to Forward, just show up next Wednesday night, and you'll, fi- you'll, find, out real, you'll find out real quick uh, what a Dream Team Rally is. And uh, so we'll get you plugged in. We'll get you serving. We'll find you a, a spot for Fall Festival. Also, I want to highlight a, 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 I want to highlight a small group uh, tonight, something that uh, people were saying, hey, I didn't even know we had. I didn't even know y'all had this going on. Every, every Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, our Forward Legacy, which is our Forward Senior Group, is meeting in the Commons area in the cafe uh, at 10 o'clock. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. They got some good food there. I show up. I grab me some food. I go back and I do my sermon prep. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's an awesome group that, uh, listen, if you, I, I believe 50 and above, 55 and above, I, I don't know the exact, the 50 and above is the uh, age group there. If you're, in that, if you're in that age range, if you're 49 and a half, we'll make an exception. Come on, somebody, we know how to round up. Can I get a witness in the house tonight? Uh, praise God, hallelujah. Y'all need to get two fingers, put them right here. You got a pulse? Praise God. Can I get a witness in the house? If you're 49 and a half, we know how to round up. Amen. Amen. I know it's rainy outside, but I need some help tonight. I get nervous when y'all are quiet. So um, I just wanted to give a shameless plug for that group. How many of y'all know we, we are a church of honor, so we inspire the ones before us, uh, and, and we honor the ones that help pave the way to get us here. So I want to I honor all of our Forward Legacy um, uh, senior adults here at this church. Uh, and, and we want to we minister to you as effectively as we can. So uh, come be a part of that group, and uh, I believe that you're going to be blessed. Home folk, can we give all of our guests a hand tonight? I know this is a, a different night. Amen. 
It's a different night. I told, uh, I met uh, a newer family coming in, and I said, look, midweek is a little bit more laid back than Sunday morning, but we're getting a lot of guests on Wednesday night, and I'm praising God for that. Uh, if you are a guest, if it's your first time, take a few moments. Uh, there should be one of these uh, Connect cards in a chair pocket close to you. Take a few moments, fill this out. The awesome thing about Wednesday night or midweek is that, hey, we're, we're not so uh, busy that you can just bring this up to me. I would love to, uh, to meet you after church. Um, just, uh, you know, put down your information. We want to reach out and connect with you. But the most important spot, I always say this, it's a place down at the bottom. It's a place for your prayer request. I believe in a God who answers prayers. I believe in a God who, who meets the needs of his, of his children. God's word actually says this. I've never seen uh, the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his children uh, begging for bread. We have everything that we need according to his riches in, in glory. So uh, take a few moments, fill that out. I would love to connect with you after church tonight. And uh, we, we're just believing that God's gonna move in your life tonight. Are y'all ready for the word? Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open them to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read verses 1 through 3, but let me set this up before everybody starts standing up and all that. Let me save you uh, some up and down motion uh, as far as um, getting uh, tired. I want you, to, I want you to, to think about what we are uh, talking about over the past few weeks. I know we, we had first Wednesday, and we've been out of this, this study for a couple of weeks now, but uh, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed, this is a book by Jensen Franklin. Many of y'all, you, you know what we've been talking about, but let me set this up for the people who has not been in it. This study has really been ministering to me, and I hope it's been ministering to you. And I think tonight is, is so special in the sense of um, really what this, this chapter, we're, we're diving into chapter five tonight. I think it's special in the sense of what it's talking about in light of everything that's going on around the world. I think that... Anytime that, that war breaks out anywhere, that the whole world has a sense of anxiousness, has a sense of anxiety, a sense of um, fear that can, that can set, settle in your spirit and in your, in your mind. And if we're not careful, we can, we can get consumed with a lot of things that, that really um, isn't what God wants our focus and our attention to be on when it comes to these uh, worldwide events that's taking place. And so I really think that tonight is gonna minister to you. I want to uh, try to get this through. I wanna get through this as quickly as possible tonight. I've, I've only got just a few pages of notes. Um, and I wanna have some time uh, of prayer at the end like we always do. And I wanna specifically dedicate that time to praying over the nation of Israel and uh, everything that's going on as far as the war is concerned over there. But if you will, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word tonight. This is more or less our main text. Uh, I'm going to honor uh, what, we, what we do uh, on Sunday morning tonight. Jesus said this, and we've been talking about um, he who endures to the end shall be saved. So Jesus said all these things. He, he, he was talking in, in Matthew 24 uh, in, in the Gospels, and Jesus was like, there's going to be famines, there's going to be pestilences, there's going to be earthquakes, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, and all of this is going to take place. And, but he finishes all that. He says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And so I want to I talk about enduring to the end, and Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 sort of talks about that, and it encompasses that so well. Paul is writing, the, uh, and, and he's saying this, therefore we also... 
Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run the race or let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three says this, for consider him, Think about him, think about Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Think about what Jesus did, consider it yourself, and think about it in light of everything that we, he went through, what we're facing today. Man, I'm going to tell you, Jesus, Jesus paid the ultimate price. And I'm, I don't know about you, but the things we're going through today, I'm going to tell you, is, is, is so light compared to eternity, compared to what we have to look forward to. So tonight, I want to talk uh, to you from chapter 5 of overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Will you pray with me one more time? God, I thank you for this word. I pray, God, that you would anoint these lips. Let everything I say, everything that I do, let it be ordained by you. Nothing more, nothing less. Let these words pierce the hearts of this congregation, God. And I pray this all the time. I prayed on Sunday. I pray, God, tonight, not a single one of us would leave here the same way we walked in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Look at your other neighbor and say, wake up. Slap him in the face. Say, wake up. <laughs> hey, it's time, it's time to get some blood flowing in here. So Jesus endured the cross. Listen, the, the scripture in Hebrews really alludes to this. Jesus endured the cross because of what he knew lied ahead. Jesus endured the cross because he knew that even though it meant death, even though it meant punishment, even though it meant all of those things, it also meant freedom and liberty for anyone and everyone who believes in him. He paid the price for our sin. He knew that he was paying the price. He was the propitiation of our, he was the payment for our sin. And not only that, he knew that there was a resurrection coming as well. Jesus knew that there was a resurrection coming. And, and, and a lot of times, I want you to understand that we can't get so consumed in our present circumstances and miss out on what God has for us in our future. Don't let what is going on around you sabotage what God is doing within you. So what God is doing in you is greater than what is happening around you. I'm going to say that again. What is what God's desire to do in you and what God is wanting to do in you is, is greater and more important than anything that could ever be going on around you. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 10, 35 through 37, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. Somebody say endurance. That's what we need. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then what is that? For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. I want to tell you something. We are getting ready, and I've seen this posted on Facebook. The world is preparing for war, but the church is preparing for a wedding. Heaven is preparing for a wedding. And what is coming and, and what God is doing in the church and what God is doing in us and what God is doing through us is more important and greater than anything that's happening around this world right now. 
And I want you to understand something. The, the third thing that the book describes that we have to do in order to overcome when we feel overwhelmed is we have to look ahead to those things. We have to understand that what God has planned is greater than these present circumstances that we're facing, whether it be in everyday life or whether it be uh, in, 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 in world news, is, is God is still sovereign, God is still in control, and God's plans never fail. God's promises are yes and amen, and we can believe in him, and we can trust him according to his plan and his promises. So determine that no matter what you must endure, you will not give up in hard times. And these are six ways that we can Look ahead, this is what chapter 5 talks about, and I want to I spend the meat of the time tonight talking about this. The, the book gives us six different ways to build up our endurance so that if the kind of moment comes when carrying, when carrying on just seems impossible, you're ready to embrace the resistance and push through it. And these are six ways to put into practice step number three, which is look ahead. Um, number one, create the right atmosphere. Number two, Connect to the right power supply. Number three, get the right information. Can I get an amen? Number four, get in the right location. Number five, get the right focus. And number six, get the right timing. We're going to go through these really quick. Number one, create the, create, create the right atmosphere. In short, the right atmosphere is praise. No matter what circumstance you're facing, the right atmosphere is praise to God. Casting Crowns sung a song, I'll praise you in the storm. No matter what circumstance, no matter what storm, no matter what overwhelming situation you're facing, the right atmosphere is always praise. If you can praise God on the mountaintop, then we need to learn to praise God in the valley. If we can praise God in the good times, then we've got to learn how to praise God in the bad times. If we can praise God in the peaceful times, we've got to learn how to praise God in the chaotic times. Because no matter what circumstances is surrounding you, the right atmosphere is always praise. Emotions create atmospheres. A lot of people say, I'm not, all, I'm not about all that emotionalism. Let me tell you something about that. God gave me a revelation about this a few weeks ago. The woman with the alabaster box. She came in. She broke the, 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 the oil across Jesus' feet. She, her tears was, was falling. She was all up in her emotions. Jesus never one time rebuked her for what she was doing. But the ones that he did rebuke was the ones that was really, really uh, ridiculing her for what she was doing. And I'm going to tell you, emotions create atmospheres. You ever walked into a room where there's, there's a lot of people who's sad? What's the atmosphere that you walk into? Immediately, you're, you're gripped with what? Sadness. You walk into a, a room that's primarily full of fear. You can't help but to somehow feel that atmosphere of fear. You walk into a room that's, that's, that's joyful and excited and, and electric, and you just, man, you're like, you feel it. Emotions create atmospheres. You walk into a, a, a Wednesday night setting, and everybody's half asleep and bored out of their minds. In the Old Testament, when King Saul would get into a dark place spiritually and emotionally, he called on David to help him. 
He would get into a place mentally, spiritually, emotionally. The Bible refers to it as a dark place in, in Saul or with Saul. And he would call on David. And here's what David, what, what would David do? David would simply play his harp and he would just create an atmosphere of what? Praise. All David did was fill the room with praise and it would change the atmosphere of the place. If we can learn how to just praise God, no matter what you've gone through this week, no matter what you went through today, and I'm not minimizing your circumstance. I, don't, I, I know some of you come in here, you're tired, you're worn out, you've worked all day long. You, you, your kids probably gave each other a black eye on the way to church. Amen? I've, I've had it happen before. But no matter what's happened this week, if you can just come in and praise God, just say, I don't, I don't care, enemy, you're not going to win, devil. You're not going to win. You're defeated, and I'm going to put you in, in your place, and I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to praise Jesus through my circumstances because I know that when I create an atmosphere of praise, things begin to change. What happened? The evil spirits would depart from Saul, and, would, and he would return again to a place of, of peace in his life when the atmosphere of praise was created. So you may not be able to control your circumstances, but you can control the atmosphere around you. There are certain things that are in your control, and there are certain things that, that are out of your control. And too many times we focus on the things that are out of our control. Spend less time focusing on the things that are out of your control and focus on what's in your control. And what's in your control is you get to, you get to choose the atmosphere that's around you. You get to choose that. You get to choose who you give your thoughts to, who you give your mind to, what you give your thoughts, what you give your time and energy and effort. So create an atmosphere of prayer. Number two, connect to the right power supply. I bet you can't guess what this is going to be about. The right energy source for a believer is who? The Holy Spirit. For a believer who has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in them, he is your teacher, he's your counselor, he's your helper, he's your comforter, he's your close friend, and he's your protector. What more do we need? When the, when the Holy Spirit resides in you, something changes in you. The Holy It's impossible for the presence of God to dwell anywhere and, and, that, and that location or that person remain the same as they were previously. It's impossible for the presence of God to manifest in a church service and you experience the presence and you engage the presence and you don't uh, quench the Holy Spirit, but you engage him. It's impossible for you to open up your heart to the Holy Spirit and invite him into your life and you be the same person before or after as you was before. It's impossible. And when we are connected to the power supply of the Holy Spirit, things change in our life. Gifts are awakened. Purpose is stirred up. And peace that comes only from the comforter shelters you. So peace, that's, the Bible says, the word, it words it like this, peace that what? Surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to people who doesn't know Jesus. It doesn't make sense to your coworker. It doesn't make sense to your boss. It doesn't make sense to that unsaved spouse. It doesn't make sense to your teenage kids. But all you know is that I've got a peace in me that is greater than anything that this world can throw at me. And I'm the preaching that you're getting tonight is better than what you're letting on. Somebody just needs to receive it that the Holy Spirit and his power supply is greater 
greater is he that's within me. That's why the Bible says than he that is of this world. Because as a believer, he is what we need. Let's not shun him. Let's develop a relationship with him. If you've been saved, I also encourage you to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit that was poured out on the 120 in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. Seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Develop a relationship. Get plugged in to the power source every day of your life. Develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, we fail to look at the Holy Spirit as who he is. And I don't have time to go back and teach on the God I never knew, but I might do another series on that. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the, of the Trinity. He, is a, he has a personality. He is a person, just like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You don't, de you don't develop a relationship with a thing. That's why I don't call the Holy Spirit an it. He's not an it. He's an he. He's a person. We develop a relationship with... Y'all think I'm crazy. Every time my grandfather prays a prayer, you know what he does at the end? It doesn't matter whether he's asking a blessing over the food or he's just praying. I love you, I love you uh, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Ghost. Learn how to talk to the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is, how, is, is the person in which God, the third person of the Trinity, in which God chooses to do his work in us and through us. Is how God relates to his church today is through the person, the Holy Spirit. So if that's how God, God the Father, the Lord, it's, it's hard to, to, to preach on the Trinity and even comprehend an, an infinite God in a finite mind. Come on, somebody. But if that's how he chooses to function and interact with the church today, shouldn't we be engaging in that way? Should we not? Amen. Get plugged into the power source. Number three. Get the right information. What you take in determines what you see. You take in gloom and doom, you're going to see gloom and doom. You take in, man, this, this, there's no, there's no hope, man. This, this, this is this. We're defeated. We're, we're, we're pressed. You know, all of this and that. If you take in that information, that's what you're going to see. What you continually say, what you're, what you're continually thinking, is, is, is what you believe. And it's eventually what manifests in your life. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances are or what other people say about you. What does God's word say about your situation? What does God's word say about your situation? What does God say about your family? What does God say about your future? And what does God say about your freedom? Because no matter what other people say about you, your family, your future, or your freedom, that does not carry any weight compared to what God's word says about your future, your family, your freedom, who you are in Christ Jesus. And it's time we give our ear more to this than we give to the people around us. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Well, who have you been listening to? What information have you been taking in? I, I almost said something, but I think it was the Holy Spirit who said, nah, just, just put that one in your pocket, say it for, save it for later. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, the Lord, has, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. I want you to understand something. Every morning God desires to give you a word. You ain't got to come to me to get a word. You, 
man, I got so many different things that he's like, you ain't got to go to that TV evangelist to get you a word. You ain't got to go to that popular Facebook preacher warrior to get you a word. You ain't got to go to that blue check mark, that's, that name that's got the blue check mark beside his name to get you a word. You want a word? Here it is. This is the word. God actually gave this word to you and to me a long time ago. Everything we need, as a matter of fact, there's no word that a preacher or any one teacher, prophet, evangelist, any word of prophecy, any word of knowledge, any word of wisdom, it has to be measured up and it has to be filtered through this word. Because if it doesn't align with this word, then you can guarantee it's not of God. And so it's time that we stop I'm trying to get our hearts and our minds focused more on this than on all these external things that's taking place. Every morning God's desire is to give you a word. It's our job to listen and receive the word and get programmed right. What, it, what is imputed or inputted into you is eventually, that's what programs you. That's, that's, that's what orders your steps and influences your thoughts and your actions and the way you react to certain things. See, a lot of times the circumstances around us, that's, that's the thing, are out of our control. But what's in our control is the way we react to those circumstances. And the way we, we react to other people. You can't dictate what other people say to you. You can't dictate what other people do to you and has done to you in the past. And by the way, a lot of you are still holding all these grudges and unforgiveness about things that's happened to you. In your, just go ahead and get freedom over that. Just go ahead and say, look, I know that was not God. We might have we blamed it on God. We the, God was probably the only one that we knew to blame it on, and he was the only one that we knew to get mad at, so we just got mad at God. Just go ahead and say, I know that that was not God, that his plans for me are good. His plans for me is for, to give me a hope and a future, and just go ahead and, 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 and look up the promises and his plan that he has for you. Let go of those things. What's the word? The Bible. It's not your feelings. The word that God has for you is not your feelings. It's not your situation. It's not what your best friend tells you or what your social media feed tells you. The right information is that God will never leave you, he'll never forsake you, and that he has a great future for you. That's the right information. Number four, get in the right location. Now, the book isn't talking about, when I, was, when I was reading through the book, the book isn't necessarily talking about one physical location, but the Bible speaks of a man by the name of Elijah. And I don't know how many of y'all have ever read through the story of Elijah before, but, but God told him to go to a certain brook. And, and I don't have time to get into all the specifics of that story, but God told him to go to a certain brook. And even during a famine, God supernaturally provided for Elijah Everything he needed, food and everything he needed, even during a famine, while there was a famine everywhere else, God provided for him because Elijah went where God said go. Now, Elijah was in this specific place. He was being provided for supernaturally by God. And then all of a sudden, God said, okay, I want you to leave there, and I want you to go to this town, and I, I, and, and I want you to go to this town called Zarephath. And he said, Actually, God was actually already preparing something for Elijah that Elijah didn't even know about. 
And he was already providing for him. He was already preparing to provide for him through a widow in this town. Now, keep in mind, provision is here. I'm experiencing supernatural substance right here that God has given me. And all of a sudden, God is telling me to leave this place and go to this place. How many of y'all would actually say, okay, I'm going to leave the supernatural right here because I hear the voice of God, I, I believe, who's telling me to go over here. I guarantee you that the majority of us would not obey the voice of God when we heard that because of what we experienced right here. And a lot of times we miss out on what God has for us in our future. What is, what is, what is uh, the third thing that we have to do when we feel overwhelmed? We have to look ahead. We have to look ahead. And if we're too busy focusing on the here and now sometimes, and oh, but, but God, I hear that voice. He's, he's leading me forward. He's pulling me ahead. A lot of times God's got a miracle in your future and God's got a breakthrough in your future and God's got a plan for your future that you miss out on because you're so consumed with the here and the now and what God has done in the past. Now listen to me. The simple message is if God says stay, what? Stay. If God says move, learn how to obey God's direction in your life. Learn how to obey God's direction in your life. It's easier said than done, right? Pastor, you can get up there and, and, and say that, but it's easier said than done. See, you might be holding on to old ways of doing things, and God may be stirring something even right now within your soul, but something old may be stopping you from reaching forward into something new. That's a mouthful, right? But it's good. I think it's so good, I want to say it again, because some of y'all are looking at me like, you might be holding on to the old ways of doing things, and God may be stirring something in you right now, even within your soul, but something old may be stopping you from reaching forward into something new. God told an example that, I, that, I, that, that just come to me in the Word of God. God told Moses, and, and we know this story, the first time that the Israelites was traveling through the, the wilderness and the first time they... they um, they needed, they needed water. God told Moses, he said, go, and he said, he said, hit the rock or smite the rock, and he said, water will, will, will flow from that rock. And so Moses o obeyed God, and he did what God commanded. The second time, God told Moses, he said, what? Speak to the rock, and what did Moses do? Well, God, this is, this is, what you, this is how you did, this is how you did it the first time. And I know, I, I know what you said, I know what you heard, but, but I'm not going to do that because this is how you did it before. And so if that's how you did it before, this is obviously how you're going to do it now, right? No. God is, God's character never changes, but the way God does things does change. As a matter of fact, a lot of times God always chooses to never do the same thing in the same way. Because that would have me and you thinking we could figure out how God's working. God, I got you figured out. God, I've got this formula down. I know how to produce certain things in my life because of, of, of this formula of how you've always done it. Listen to me. God is God. He is, his miracles and his supernatural provision is not contingent upon what you and I think we know about him. I don't know if this is, some of y'all, I, ho I hope you're really taking notes, but learn how to not live in yesterday's expectation.
Go or stay where God calls you. That's a good word that you need to hold on to. Learn how to not live in yesterday's expectation. A lot of times we're missing out on tomorrow's vic- or today's victory or tomorrow's miracle because we're living in yesterday's expectation. I don't want, any, I don't want this to, to rub anybody the wrong way, but I've, I've got to say this. I've been, there, we've been talking about revival a lot lately, right? We've been talking about revival, revival sweeping the land. We, we are, we're, man, just in our church, I'm, I'm expecting revival. I'm believing for revival. I sent out a, a, a mass uh, communication here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, expect revival. We're in revival. Revival's in the, you know, and I had somebody come up to me um, a few weeks ago, and, and they were like, Pastor, you're right. We need revival. And I was like, well, what does that look like to you? And, and, and they told me, and I'm like, no, that's not what we need. It's not what we need. I said, whether you believe it or not, I said, we're in revival. It just doesn't look like what you expect it to look like. So what I'm, what I'm saying is sometimes we miss out on what God desires to do in us now and tomorrow because we are living in yesterday's expectations. We have expectations of what it should look like, and so we miss out on what God desires to do. So number five, I'm going to go through these real quick, get the right focus. The book of Job in the Bible tells us that when Job prayed for his friends, his captivity turned. His circumstances began to change when he took his attention off self and put it on others. I'm going to ask you a question. Y'all ready? Poll. Nudge your neighbor and say, get ready. How many of y'all has met a need this week? Have you, how many of y'all have met a I preached on that Sunday. Amen. You were like, Pastor, I was in the 11 o'clock service. You didn't preach. Yeah, but I told you to go back and watch it. You're like, oh, I forgot. Jesus met everyday material and physical needs, and he looked for the opportunities to turn those everyday experiences into ministry opportunities. I also gave you another challenge. Anybody remember what it was? One person a day. Seven people this week. Not going to get you to raise your hand. Number five, get the right focus. The book of Job tells us that when Job prayed for his friends, his captivity turned. So often in the process of enduring, our focus is wholly self-centered. But if we would get off of self-centered and focus on other people, sometimes our circumstances would change. Amen? Sometimes the best thing to do is to shift your attention off yourself and fix it on other people. Have you met a physical or material need this week? What you keep, I love this quote from the book, what you keep in your hand shrinks, but what you put in God's hand multiplies. Number six, get the right timing. All of God's promises have a time frame. And I think a lot of times we get consumed in demanding things from God. I think that there's a a certain um, mentality, especially in our movement, denomination, whatever, charismatic movement, if you will, of we can get, we can get, I don't want to say too bold, but we can get demanding of God. I think we've got to put we've got to put that into perspective. I think we need to be careful about demanding things from God. And I love how the book words it. He's not always 
a right now God, but he's a right time God. He's not always a right now God, but he's a right time God. And I've always said this, a good thing at a bad time is a bad thing. A good thing at a bad time is a bad thing. But the right thing at the right time is a God thing. And that's how God works. That's how God works. We'll say this. This is the last statement. We need to know what time God's clock is on and get in sync with Him. I'm going to close this before it starts talking to me again. I need to learn how to turn Siri off before midweek. My watch talks to me. Everything I... Here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray. I want us to get along with God. This is how we close out midweek. Many of y'all know this, but if you're new to midweek, we've got a couple of new families here tonight. You came on a great Wednesday night. Pastor had Siri talking to him and singing a gospel song and doing all kind of crazy things. Um, but if you're in a situation tonight where, where you say, you know what, the situation, the circumstances that I'm in, the life that the world has thrown at me right now, it... it, it it's chaos. It's out of control. I'm overwhelmed. I want you to look ahead tonight. It's what we talked about. Look ahead. Endure. Run the race that God has set before you. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author, the perfecter, the finisher of your faith. And I believe that if we do that, if we seek him, if we connect to that power source tonight, nothing that the, the world, nothing that the enemy can throw at you is going to be able to overcome you. Because God is... God is our, he's our comforter. He will lead us and he will guide us. And he will see us through any situation. He, he might not always pull you out of your situation. I want you to understand that. He might not always pull you out of your situation, but he'll see you through your situation. He'll see you through it. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Everybody stand. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.